Amen. Go ahead and have a seat, church. Hey, way to bring your A game on the worship front this morning, man. Hey, uh, what a blessing it is to, to be back with you every time that our family is gone. Uh, it's like being away from your family, you know, you just miss uh, being with the Lord's people, and uh, we are so glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. Uh, and I hope that by the time you leave today, the goal here is something like this. Uh, you're going to leave here extremely grateful for what God's done, and you're going to be totally enthused and doing cartwheels, backflips, uh, teleporting yourself, whatever, uh, back home with enthusiasm for what lies ahead, because uh, God has clearly got some great things in store uh, for our church, okay? Um, the, the scripture that came to mind as I was uh, talking uh, through this in my head a couple of weeks ago and just thinking about, okay, you know, what, uh, this is our 10th year. We, we hit 10 years on April 17th. Uh, amen, amen. Uh, April 1st, on April Fool's Day, I will hit 25 years of ministry. Uh, pardon the jokes, of course. Uh, the, the, there was, uh, it's been quite, quite the journey. So this is a big year in a lot of ways, right? So we're going we're gonna to honor that 10 years uh, when it comes to April uh, and all that stuff. We've got some big stuff coming. Uh, but this one came to mind. Paul's writing to Philippi, one of his favorite churches. And he writes this in chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. He says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returned. The, the, the shorthand version of that is something like this. God is not near finished yet. He's not finished yet, right? So 10 years is a good start. It's a good start. Uh, and, and normally on these kinds of days, what I would do is I'd take you on a very orderly account of uh, where we've been and where we're heading and everything like that. But as you're full aware, 2020 was a complete mess uh, for everybody. And 2021 is shaping up to be very similar. Uh, but the good news is uh, God has called his people almost always. Uh, he typically is not the God of strategic plans. I mean, it's not nothing against those. I love those. Actually, I'm very fond of them. I love to, to you know, map them out with the full understanding that it's all going to go up in smoke soon. Um, we follow by pillar of cloud and fire on a daily basis. Uh, that we can think that, you know, like the Israelites thought when uh, they left Egypt, that they were just going to head straight to the promised land. It's not usually that way. Usually there's a, you're going in circles and going back and forth and back and forth and, and going around. But the key is to make sure that you're paying attention to God and to the Holy Spirit and where he's leading you and where he is guiding you. So we have some plans, uh, but we're going into this year really focused on more like we're going to emphasize some things rather than we're going to do these specific things because uh, we just feel like holding it loosely is a little bit better. Now, before we go uh, into next year, or I guess this year, um, we're going to, to take a very quick look back because there were some, some markers in there uh, that I think especially, especially given what 2020 was, that, that we need to stop and acknowledge them before we go uh, a whole lot further and just say thank you, God, for all of these things. Okay, so we're going to pause for just a moment, and we set some records last year, so let's, let's take a look at them. Uh, go ahead and put them up there. Um, Baptisms, we were up 100%, more than 100%, actually, in the number of baptisms. Teens, more than 
Kids, yeah, hey, down here in the front, a couple rows. You guys are going to have a good morning. You guys are going to have a lot of energy by the time this morning's done. Uh, children, um, we had our largest non-special weekend children's attendance. What that means is not Christmas or Easter, one place where things would, would automatically swell. Uh, and that was, that was pre this last lockdown or whatever. But, I mean, our kids were, were booming and growing. Uh, revenue, more revenue than we've ever had uh, in a given year. Now, some of that's the opening of the grand. That helps a lot. Some of it's other circumstantial stuff. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But, but these are markers that when you consider the fact that a lot of churches will never reopen, sadly. Okay. Uh, and that, that could have been us. Uh, there were parts of the last year that were, frankly, a little bit scary at certain levels, uh, where you just kind of go, you're like, uh, those of you who've seen the, the great movie Point Break, you're like Keanu Reeves jumping out of the plane with no parachute, and you're just like, well, it's going to be this or nothing, and you just jump out, and off you go. Um, and, and, but you know what? Hey, we're alive. Here we are, right? So <laughs> that's what it feels like. Um, so uh, with all that in mind, we hit some outreach milestones, and, and I know this sounds, I'm going to list these off and you're going to go, oh, big deal. These are a huge deal. We opened the grand. That's not small. That's a big deal. Amen. All six of the churches that our church has helped start, okay, so we got four overseas, two here. Uh, one in Fresno, one in downtown San Diego, two in Colombia, two in Mexico. Okay, all six of them celebrated another year. Now, here's why that matters, okay, the church Infant mortality rate is extremely high, okay, even under the best circumstances. But when you factor in COVID and a whole bunch of other things, I mean, it's remarkable that many of these churches, uh, two cities, I think, just hit eight years. Um, uh, uh, Cartagena, I think, is at five. Um, uh, the two in Mexico are at three and a half or so. And Luminous City, which we helped start, uh, celebrated their first year, which I know may not seem like a lot, but... But in church land, when you're planning in downtown San Diego in the middle of COVID and you get kicked out of your building and you have nowhere to meet and you got, you're, you're comprised predominantly of college kids who've all been told to leave, um, th that's not a small deal that they're alive and they're setting big goals and they're tackling things, all right? So all that just to say, and then that bottom one, I want to highlight this real quick, okay? We were able to make it through this year on top of just like, you know, um, uh, everything that had to do with the grand and all the expenses that go with that. We were able to make it through this year in a very, very tiny percentage of churches that were, are able to say this at the end of the year. We had no layoffs of our own people. Okay, that's huge. All of our outreach ministries, okay, our missionaries, our church planners, uh, sponsored children uh, with Compassion International, all of those things were all funded fully. We didn't have to cut back there. And to our knowledge, every physical need that was in this church was met, okay? Amen. Um, and so that, that's, that's the remarkable provision of God. Now, I can't guarantee it's going to be the case in 2021. I wish I could. But in 2020, God got us through, all right? And, and what that means is when you factor all that in together, the churches that are never going to reopen plus, um, you know, the churches that laid people off uh, actually kept funding all of their outreach ministries, uh, the needs among their church physically and things like that. Okay, th th I'm so thankful that God allowed us those victories because Amen. there is, I think everybody, no matter how, how big your faith is, at some point, it is good to see, you know what, I do see, I do see how you saw us through. Now, I've referred to our church frequently. Those of you who've gone to NBC for a while know you, you, you've heard me explain our, our journey a little bit like Moses's. 
First, we were the baby going down the river that Pharaoh sought to kill, but God chose that we should live. So we survived, and then we grew up, and we did some great things, and then we've been in the wilderness, and now it's like almost the promised land time, but even that becomes quite a journey if you read your way through the, uh, the scriptures. So we're going to be walking through, we're going to start a new series called uh, Storyline next week. We're going to be looking through kind of the big arc of scripture uh, and how God acts in concrete ways in the lives of his people and how he's done it over the years. But those are concrete ways that we can look at and say, thank you, God, for what you've done. Now, with that in mind, we've got a few emphases for this coming year. I don't have long, so here we go. Number one, we want to maximize the grand while staying on mission. Now, there's two pieces to that, okay? First of all, maximizing the grand. Uh, if you're new here, you may not even know what I'm talking about. You're in the grand, okay, right now. If you're here in person, uh, you're inside the Grand. This is the Ritz Theater inside the Grand. Okay, the Grand um, is not a church building. Right. It's not a church building. Okay, now, I've, I've been saying this for years now to our church, literally years at this point. Yep. Um, it's not a church building, fundamentally. Now, we own it, we operate it. Um, you know, uh, God gave us this unique vision and everything like that. What this is, is an experiment in radical hospitality. That's what it is. It's an experiment in radical hospitality built by, owned and operated by a local church who had a very simple goal to glorify God by adding real value to its community and to the lives of the people who would come here. And, and that really being the mechanism by which the gospel could get preached more through action and hospitality and welcome then through words, verbal grenades tossed over a wall from the church parking lot onto the highways and byways of life. Now, make no mistake, uh, it is a flip of the traditional church paradigm. Normal church paradigm goes like this. You go, you build a church building somewhere, you spend most of your energy trying to convince people to go there. Um, this is different. You build a building where everybody already wants to go and already is. Then you ask the church to come in, which is far easier. I found it a lot easier to get you guys to show up on the weekends than it is to go try and get everybody who's not part of the church to show up on the weekends, right? So it's a lot easier to do. And in the meantime, the building is not empty for seven days of the week or six days of the week. It's being used all the time. And so, uh, you know, whether it's, it's uh, people celebrating the most important and special moments of their lives, whether it is uh, us putting together unique opportunities for people to be able to enjoy themselves or experience certain things or for us to teach certain things. Uh, this is not fundamentally this. This is an inversion of that particular uh, paradigm. Now, we are unabashedly Christian, unabashedly. It would be very hard for anybody to come in here, go through a service at NBC and go, boy, I wonder, if, is that really a church? Like, they'll, they'll know. They're going to know. They'll hear the music. They're going to see the communion. They're going to meet the people. They're going to hear the word preached. They're going to hear all of that stuff. And that's not going to change. So we have to maximize it while staying on mission. And that mission has two, two sides to it. One is the church staying distinctly the church in a particular way, in its essence. Feet firmly rooted in the Christian faith. Okay? The other side is preserving the missional side of this thing uh, from those who would try to rechurchify the whole thing. Yep. So it's, it's about trying to make sure that we understand this is, to use a biblical analogy, like in the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. We sing in the Sunday school song, and he climbed up in the sycamore tree. 
okay? And he goes up and he listens to Jesus from up in the tree, all right? Because he can't see. He's short. So he climbs up there and he listens in, all right? This is a sycamore tree, okay? This is a place where people can come and they can overhear the gospel, Okay, we're not going to contort it or twist it or milk it down or do anything like that. No, no, no. If you want to do it, you can come on in. Here's a big old sycamore tree. Climb on up there. Hopefully there will be hundreds up in the tree with you. And you're welcome to listen to how uh, God broke into human history and the person and the work of Jesus Christ and, and has offered you a chance at eternal life and abundant life in the here and now and all of those things. Okay? That is what we're here to do. So there's not the grand is not a way that we fund the real mission. No. The grand is a cornerstone of the mission. Does that make sense? It's not, so, so it's, not, it's not grand here, church here. It's baked into one big cake, all right? And so it's not grand in church. It's chand or, or grch. However you want to look at it, it's together, all right? It's all one piece. It is a cornerstone of the mission, welcoming in our neighbors, using hospitality and generosity to love them, okay, to, to make this the quote-unquote house in the neighborhood that everybody wants to hang out at. That's the, the, one of the analogies we've used, and the way that you do that is you have fun things there. The parents get along with each other. The people in the house get along with each other, right? And it's open a lot. Like, you know that, you know, I'm bored. I can go over to Tom's house and Tommy's house and play video games or whatever. And there's the garage door open and you just go in there and, and everybody's there. Like, that, that kind of collective is what this is. Okay, so it's not been done before, to our knowledge. So it's going to get messy. Okay, but messes can be beautiful. If you've ever seen like a Warhol painting, uh, my hope is that that's what this turns out to be. All right, that, that as we're doing this, and we'll, we'll course correct as we need to and different things like that, but our goal here is to not get pulled off mission on either side of this thing. Uh, it's this, to, to remain fully the church and fully missionaries at the same time while we continue to love our neighbors, be generous to our neighbors, open the doors to our neighbors, uh, and, and to continue to do all those things, okay? So, this is not just a way to fund the mission. This is the mission. This is like the cornerstone of the mission, all right? Goal number two, because we have this little contraption that we're in right now, uh, goal number two is to offer new best-in-class online live, and spir uh, live spiritual growth opportunities, okay? We have, because of having this as a ministry tool, very few churches have the plus of having a rooftop patio, a movie theater, a concert stage, a black box theater, a coffee house, all on a major corner inside their city with high visibility, Okay, what that does is it allows us on the church side, and again, I, I know I just said don't think of them as different, but what I mean is the things that are very distinctly Christian. For us to be able, this is a great place to film. Now, we're not doing it very well right now. Okay, those of you watching online can testify to that. We're going to get better, all right? Uh, we're going to get better. We're going to be adding cameras and angles and things, and, and that's just for the weekends. But then we have the opportunity to... Uh, because we have this extra extraordinary ministry tool. And then I personally believe we have the team that it takes to offer these things. So, um, you know, in the past, you know, we, we, th those who are the founding uh, fathers, so to speak, of the church, uh, were really a bunch of kids that, that, that with a lot of passion 
uh, you know, they've been in school and, and done a little bit of, of ministry. Well, now we're like old men. <laughs> uh, DJ and I have both been at this 20 years or more, okay? Uh, uh, Marcus Preciado is north of 20 years. Chris Hecker, our children's pastor, 18 years. Um, we have a very educated, experienced Richard Nichter, um, who I, I think worked with Moses at one point. Is he? He's right there. I love you, man. I love you. He's been at this a long time, okay? And what, here's my point. When you have that kind of seasoning, that kind of experience and expertise, and then you marry that to the energy of a very young, uh, rapidly maturing, younger part of the staff team, uh, many of whom are on stage today, okay, and you add those together, that gives you such a unique opportunity, uh, because usually you have experience or you got youth. Uh, it's hard to get both of those into one one bottle, okay? Um, but when you have energy and vitality and new ideas and freshness that goes with expertise and experience at high levels of ministry, that gives you an opportunity to do some really special, unique things, all right? And we really look forward to seeing this uh, this take off. So we've got some very intriguing kind of eclectic ideas that we're going to try. And some of them may bomb or, or they may be a brilliant idea that nobody cares about, right? And then so they fall to the floor and, and do whatever. And then sometimes all we're going to do is try to, uh, to offer something that has its own intrinsic value. And maybe we don't even understand that it was a really good idea until five years later. And we're like, you know what, we need to go back, pick that one up and, and take it back with us. But I want you to understand that just having been here for the whole run at, at MVC, we have the best staff team we've ever had, yep. in my opinion. Yep. Uh, it's a larger team. Yep. It's more seasoned. It's more experienced. Yep. They get along with each other. Okay? I haven't been at this 25 years. I can tell you that's not always a given. That's right. um, and, and we have people who actually, they love the Lord. They love each other. And, get this, they love you. Right? Amen. So you can pray for them. You can encourage them. You can do that. And what that means is we have people who have the energy to do things uh, in new and fresh ways. And we also have people who have really developed a mastery of certain aspects of ministry over the years. Now, God uses all sorts of types of people. You don't have to be old to be right or anything. Uh, in fact, we'll talk about that in just a second. But I, I think that we are in a unique, we have a unique opportunity to be able to, and then to put them online, to make sure that we can provide things that you really can't get most places because they don't have this as a tool and they don't have the same kind of team, okay? So I want you to know, all right, we are fully, fully committed to, and, and you need to read into this too, particularly adult level stuff. I, we realize that, that we've really hammered hard on the next gen stuff this year. It's partially by design, partially because of opportunity, uh, but, but, but we're going to be really trying to strengthen these. I'm talking here men's ministry, women's ministry, uh, small group opportunities, prayer, worship, those kinds of things, but, but also with a unique turn on some of those and really trying to do the best job of that uh, that we can. Using this tool, this team, this uncommonly talented, uncommonly flexible church that we have, okay? We have to be flexible agile, okay? Uh, and I've jokingly, sort of jokingly, actually quite seriously, referred to you as America's most flexible church. You are. You've proven that, okay, over, over uh, 
over the last few years. Um, I think last year in uh, 2020, I think we were at nine or so uh, worship venues. The year before, I think we hit about 10 or 12, bouncing around Sunday to Sunday. Okay, this building, that building, inside the art center. Hey, we're in this building over in the art center today. And now we're over here and over here and over here and over here. And bouncing around, took it in stride, and here we are. So prepare for launch. Number three, you thought we were going to leave that next-gen thing behind. No, 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 no. Uh, we're going to double down on our investment in the next generation. Now, yeah, amen. Now, I've jokingly referred to 2020 as uh, the revenge of the teens year, all right? Um, and you can see some of the energy that's here, right? This is just some of them, right? So, uh, God has, God has uh, let's see, parted the Red Sea, uh, created the world, raised Christ from the dead. Okay, out of all of the miracles of God, the single greatest might be creating an environment where teenagers actually like to be all day. Now, yeah, no good. Let me, let me explain. First of all, right now, you need to know that the teens are basically running the church right now. Um, I mean, they're, they're clicking slides. They're up in the sound booth. They're running children's ministry. They're doing all that. Um, and, and, and a lot of them get here before the nine. Um, and then they, they go through nine and they go through 11 and then they go to lunch together. Then they come back for youth group at night. Then after that, they go out together. They get home at 10 o'clock at night, 13, 14 hour bender for our teens almost every Sunday. Okay. Now, now that may be, but, but here's what most people are used to. I have to drag, grab my kid by the foot and pull him out of bed. Oh, mom, I don't want to go. You show up 15 minutes late, all right? Their arms are folded, shoulders are forward, like that. And then 30 minutes into the service, they're trying to, they get up and go to the bathroom because they're bored and they got to fidget. And then they want to get out as soon as it's over. You know what you do when you have a situation where your teenagers and are, are on fire to the point that, that they're just taking over and kind of helping lead things. You know what you do? You throw gasoline on it. That's what you do. <laughs> you don't go, oh, well, hey, you know, what are we going to do if, uh, you know, the teens keep leading everything? Uh, good. Good. Yeah, amen. Amen. So, you know, that's why, that's why, sisters and brothers, we have no intention of backing up on that. I, we do plan to allow that to be a starting point to, to begin to spread beyond the teens. So because of the, of the energy that's there and the servant-heartedness that's there, that allows for spread of that fire, both, and I'm using age terms now, um, below to the to little dudes, okay? So we've got, we've got a menu of stuff that's getting ready to be rolled out for, for elementary age kids between the weeks, okay? So it's not a Sunday-only kind of affair and all the way down to Moms of the little dudes who are really fighting the fight. Uh, I mean, that fight, that, 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 who fight, you know, where, where you got the toddlers and you're just like, dude, I got to get out of, I got to get out of the house and do something, right? To give them an environment. Yeah, I heard some amens now. Uh, but that, that, that way of, of, of helping build into those kids. And then on the older side, the young adults and college kids, we feel like 
We feel like because of the place we occupy that God has given to us, that this is a uniquely good place to do ministry for college kids and young adults. It's fun. It's cool. It's, uh, it's visible. It's a good hang spot. And there are very few churches out there really actually putting any effort into it. Um, I think uh, the knock on young adults is they're very flighty. Uh, they, they don't give anything. Uh, they're expensive to, to, to meet their spiritual needs, et cetera, et cetera, and everything. But, but we just kind of philosophically are making a conscious decision to reject that, okay? And to simply say, no, just like teens aren't all lazy and teens aren't all rebellious and mean and whatever. No, 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 no. Un- <laughs> Uh, unredeemed teens might be that way or whatever, or, or whatever. I mean, we all were that way, right? But here's what, what church in, in the United States as a whole really needs to get this, but we're going to get it. We will not ignore the next generation. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that the gospel is communicated, embraced, welcomed, lived out, okay, by the next generation. Because if we don't, if we don't, and guess what? All us old people like myself, guess what? Our dreams, our everything dies with us. Right. Dies with us. Right. No way. No way. No way. And then part of being a faithful Christian is part of that pillar of cloud and fire is looking and going, okay, where do I see God working? It's undeniable that, that, that his work among our teens is way at the top of the list. So out of those 43 baptisms we had, I think more than half of them were teenagers. That's awesome. Awesome. Okay, so. So. We're going to maximize this place, stay on mission. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna create some new things for adults, okay? Because that's part of it, too. It's like not like... Uh, so, so, so I'll give you an example. How many people out there right now are trying to craft new experiences for senior citizens? How many churches do you think are doing that? Nobody. Who's at the front of the vaccine line? Senior citizens. Who have been on lockdown more than anybody else. Who's going to want to get out of their house more than senior citizens? Kids. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> you all got the energy. But I'm, all I'm saying is there are people that are looking past all sorts of people and not not stepping back and looking at, okay, what could we do that would help meet needs that are unconventional, that maybe among people who are being forgotten, either for utilitarian reasons, philosophical reasons? We're not going to do that. Uh, we, think, we think we've got some unique opportunities, and we plan to do those. We plan to execute them by the grace of God. The legacy of our church, sisters and brothers, first of all, parents, it, it, your greatest legacy is more likely to be your children than your job. Let me just say that out loud, okay? Your legacy, if you care about such things, if you want your life to matter beyond the grave, okay, what's left behind you, your best chance at doing that is going to be helping the gospel take root in your children and helping raise them in the way and honor of the Lord, okay? That's most likely, okay? Our church, most likely, our legacy is not going to be like, oh, guess what? In the advantage, yeah, they went to thousands out or whatever. No, most likely it's going to be the younger people that came to faith here that then went on and helped lead other people to Jesus, raise their own kids in the way of the Lord and all that, right? That that legacy 
is going to be an important part of what we are doing. We have massive amounts of potential right now to be investing in young leaders because we've got the people to train and teach, both at the, the old crusty level like myself and then, the, uh, and, then the, and then the slightly the emerging crusty people like Riley and Scotty and people that are, <clears throat> you know, soon to be crusty people. So, <laughs> so uh, as we do it, we have so much opportunity to magnify the glory of God and his kingdom by following Jesus' example, taking future heroes under influence and helping shape them into hero makers themselves. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I told you at the beginning, this is part thank you note and part invitation. Okay? Thank you for 2020. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Three words. Share, invest, serve. Share, what I mean by that is never before has it been more important for you to invite your friends, to welcome them to a place. And, and the beauty of this is you got a hundred different ways to do it now. Right? Have a cup of coffee with them at Manzanita. Go hang out on the roof with them. Bring them to something here at the Grand. Invite them to church. Do something online. Share something online. Right? All of that. Okay, that, that, uh, that is more important in the day and age that we're in than it has ever been. I left this out as we were going through, but our evangelism here really went from a more institutional form to a very hands-on form this year where, you know, we were feeding hospital workers. We were going through what we lovingly refer to as the ministry of eating uh, and targeting businesses and saying, we don't want you to fail. So we're going to ask the whole church to go eat there on one particular night of the week. I can tell you two of those eight will say that is the only reason their business is open was what we did during that COVID period for them. Okay, one of them ended up getting so much visibility, they actually won an award, and it drove a ton of business to them, okay? Um, and, and so it's organic, right? I mean, it, it's just being intentional and living your life on mission. And, and as you do that, you're going to be shocked at what, what God does, okay? But that, that sharing, just the, the inviting, and hey, would it be okay? Would you mind filming a little thing uh, with us? We'd love to send a bunch of people to eat at your place. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Right, that's a version of sharing. Okay, can be wearing the gear, the new vintage gear, or, or whatever, right? Little tiny bit of sharing. Invest. Here I am talking about finance. Um, the, the, the reality is, until we can maximize this place by opening it up all the way, okay, we're going to be under some pressure. And so it's an opportunity for each of us to say, no, nah, I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make sure that when I stand up here in 2021, I can say the same thing I just said about, about 2020. Uh, and we're not going to allow this thing to sputter because I wanted to take my eighth vacation of the year or because I wanted to do whatever. I'm going to make a plan to support God's work through the church I love and know that when it goes there, I'm investing in, if you will, a diversified portfolio of grace. And it goes out it, it, part of that is going to help teens. Part of it's going to minister to kids. Part of it's going to help uh, the local community here on Grand. Part of it's going here. Part of it's going there. Part of it's going there, okay? And, and so we need to make sure that we are as generous as we've ever been, okay? Uh, and if you're sitting there going, oh, I don't have any money or whatever, okay, that may be. Be as generous as you can with whatever money you have. And be honest with yourself about what you have and what you don't have, Right? So, for instance, those of you who just got a big truckload of stimulus checks that you didn't need, what'd you do with them? 
I'm sorry, too soon? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Right? Uh, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to put that in the old, uh, you know, vacation fund, or I'm going to go do whatever. Meanwhile, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're relying on the church to support us, but not supporting the church. So what you invest in, you care more about. And as I've told our church before, you want to know why you care about your kids' travel sports? Because it costs you a ton of money. That's why. And so you care. And so you care. What you invest in is harder to walk away from. And what you invest in, as Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right? So if you want your heart to be with the kingdom of God, start there. And, and God knows we can use it this year. So off we go. And then is the last one, and this is probably the most important, serve. This is a form of investment, arguably even the highest form. We're ocean people, most of us here in California. We at least know how to spell it out here. If you're not a beach person, uh, you've at least seen pictures of it. Um, I've, been in the, I've been in the water most of my life. I grew up about a mile and a half from the ocean. Went to college in Malibu. I am uh, very familiar with the ocean. I love it in almost every way. I baptize people in the ocean. Um, one of the things that makes me the saddest is watching people who refuse to go out past their ankles. They just never want to go out. It's cold. Well, for 10 seconds it's cold. Yeah. You try baptizing people in freaking December. That's cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's cold. Um, yeah, it's cold. You know what? I could get eaten by a shark out there. Yeah, you could. Chances are astronomical. Probably a better chance you're going to get struck by lightning at the beach than eaten by a shark, but yes, it could happen. Oh, uh, what if I drown? Do you know how to swim? Yeah, well, you're probably not going to drown either. And there are lifeguards and there are other people in the water. But what about this? I get sandy. Yeah, you do. That's why God created showers. You're going to get sandy. What happens is people who only go out to their ankles never understand the beach right? They take selfies at the beach, right? <laughs> they take selfies at the beach. They, they get pictures of them, their long flowing hair, you know, in the, in the ocean like they ever got past their ankles. What? What a shame to never know what it's like out there. To never know what it's like to drop in on a wave. Uh, to never be able to look back at the shoreline from a distance and see the ocean or the, the shoreline the way that you can only see it from out there. What a shame. What a, what a shame to say, I want to spend my life watching golf tournaments and never pick up a club. Ministry is not a spectator sport. It is not. And so the call of God has always been. The call at the beginning with people is, what do you want me to do? I want you to sell everything you have and follow me. I like ankle deep. Yeah, that's fine. That's not what following me is about, though. Following me is about everything. Denying yourself, 
picking up your cross daily and following me. Christianity, get this, is an all-or-nothing proposition. It really is. You either gather, you're for me or against me. You gather to me or you scatter abroad. 15% Christianity makes it a hobby at best. And it's really not Christianity, which is why a lot of people hate the beach. Because they've never gone out past their ankles. That's why they hate the beach. Then all you're getting is the sand. I get the sand and my feet are cold. And now I got to go get a foot shower for nothing. I could have just stayed up there on the sidewalk and not had to mess with it. That's because you're missing it. It's out here. It's out deep. That's where the fun is. That's where the magic of it all is. So one of the beautiful things about being in ministry and serving is, you know what? I get a front row seat to a lot of tragedy. That's unequivocal. I also get a front row seat to what God does in the lives of people. And when I watch life change happen, that's why I keep begging and imploring you guys to help lead a friend to Christ, invite them, share with them. Because once you lead somebody you actually care about to the Lord, when you watch them go from death to life, oh my, you don't want to do anything else. You, you, will, you, will, you will give up almost anything to do that again and again and again. So when I ask you to do it, I'm not doing it as, I'm not trying to like, you know, sell a bad, you know, set of encyclopedias or something to you. I mean, this stuff has been proven to work for 2,000 years. It has been changing the lives of people. A simple carpenter from Nazareth. God incarnate, giving that call. Leave it all and follow me. Drop your net. Follow me. And I will help you fish for people. So for you, it might be, you got to start. I mean, you can't just start in the deep end, right? you got to walk out or paddle out. So you start with the ankles, maybe. You know? And then you keep, keep, let me encourage you, keep taking steps, keep walking. And when you get about here, then it really starts getting cold. And the temptation is to say, oh, 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 I'm not going out any further. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you're like a third done now. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. And in fact, what you're going to realize is when you're about this deep, the best way to do it is what? Just jump in. Just dive in. And yeah, for 10 seconds, it'll be terrifying and cold. And after that, you're going to wait. You're going to come out of the water. You're going to throw your hair back. And you're going to probably go, Ah, <laughs> and then, and then you're going to have the time of your life. All right. So that's what I'm inviting you to do. Now, how about small ways? Watch your movies here. Get your coffee here. Uh, attend stuff that shows up here. Come to church. How often? Every week would be nice. I think that, that's, that's what God has in mind. Every week, anytime the doors are open. Uh, if you're traveling, get online. Stay connected to the church and invest yourself. Invest yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's what we're about. So, there's what we're going to do. Okay? First thing, we're going to maximize this place, stay on mission. We're going to come up with some new things, new offerings, new ideas. 
spiritual stuff that we believe will be unique uh, to us. Like things that we're not trying to be unique to us, we just think they will be. Uh, we think that, that we have the opportunity to reach people that nobody else is reaching. And so we're willing to do things nobody else is doing. So, and then to the, these folks down here, we're not done with you yet. <laughs> we're going to keep throwing gasoline on this as long as we can uh, and, and let the fire that God has already started there continue to burn out. All right? And so right now we're going to take communion. You have your invitation. I'm going to read this as we... Uh, as we begin to take communion, and, and you should have got a little bag uh, with you when you came in. If you, if you didn't and you'd like one, if you hold your hand in the air, we'll bring one to you. We have some ushers uh, passing out communion. This is something we do every week at New Vintage. The little bread and cup that you find on the inside, uh, that's the symbol of the body and blood of Jesus and his sacrifice for us. People have been doing this since, since the very beginning. It's a time for us to reflect and pray. So here's what I'm going to ask of you today. Start with yourself. Ask yourself about how invested you are in the kingdom of God. And ask for God to show you a way that you can engage more. I have a rebellious microphone now. now Caleb Kaltenbach preached last week, and he has ears that, like Shrek. He's got little ears like that. Um, we, um, but I want you to start with yourself, Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. <laughs> um, but start with yourself and then start praying for your church. Uh, that God would help us. God, fill this place. Um, give us the wisdom to know how to navigate the rest of this COVID thing, right? Uh, we really tried to, to chew gum and walk at the same time, and I think we've done a pretty good job so far. Um, but, but we're going to need continued wisdom and guidance. And then we're going to try to add these new things. God, reveal to us where you want us to go, what specific groups of people uh, we can reach. And then, God, we want to pray for the next generation. Raise up a generation of on-fire young people. And let it spread, Lord. Let it spread. And um, pray for your staff. Uh, pray for God's provision uh, for the church, financially and otherwise. Um, pray for our country and its division. Pray that we would be peacemakers here. That's what been our function so far. We're, we're the people that stand up and say, hey, this needs to change. And at the same time, says, yeah, but you're not going to hurt them. It's called peacemaking. Blessed are the peacemakers. Help us be peacemakers, Lord. Take all of that and let's pray together as we share communion. Lord, I'm certain that you who began the good work within us will continue your work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So now, Father, we take the bread and the cup. We we remember Jesus and all that he means to us. We remember 2020 and how you brought us through. And now, Father, um, that we are where we are and we see your mighty hand at work among us, Lord, we, we say thank you for what you have done. We look forward with anticipation to what you are going to do. And, Lord, we say use us. If it be your will, use us, Lord, uh, that 
you may, your name may resound throughout this city and around San Diego and around the world. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Christ's name.